office hours with Ernest Wilkins was recorded live at Mass in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA. This is Office Hours. I'm Ernest Wilkins. And I'm Alex Menokel. Not everyone drinks, but in one way or another, drinking culture is American culture. We've seen the high end get higher with mixologists concocted exotically infused cocktails at more than $20 a pop. We've seen the low end, the light beer and popcorn joints get replaced by middle brow modern pubs serving up craft beer and electronic music, Bob Ross theme nights and handcrafted selections of artisanal pretzels. And If you travel a lot around the country, you get a real sense that everything everywhere is the same. There's the same fast casual restaurants, the same national brand advertisements, billboards. It all looks the same. Hotels intentionally display local character, but only on a very superficial level, right? You'll see artwork in the lobby that might show a regional landmark or something like that. But that being said, there are differences in all cities, some subtle, some obvious. Every city has a different music scene vibe, for example. And going out to a nice local meal is another. And to me, going out for a social drink is one of the ways to really examine a place's DNA. Where do you decide to go? Is there a sit-down-and-chat place? Is there is it going to be something more hell-raising? Is it uh, a place where you're going to be asking, what are they even going to pour there? Is it an all-beer town? Is it liquor only? Or the cocktails? Is there something that I can get only here and nowhere else? Who's going to be at the bar next to me? Does it feel like a place I could start a conversation? And on occasion, like, wh- why are we there? Are we watching a sporting event together? Is it a no-TV bar scene? Are there bar games, like in Northern California, where they roll dice? Uh Are there social games like trivia? Is there music? Is there dancing? How late can we stay out? And in Chicago, what you'll find is that there are a hundred answers to all these questions. Today, we have Nielsen CGA's Max Heinemann here to talk with us about how Chicago empirically differs from other parts of the country. Welcome to the show, Max. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Did you know that you were going to get this this like robust of an introduction going into this? I feel like the introduction has massively overplayed my importance <laughs> in society. Um, I do appreciate it very much, yeah. um, and I just hope that I can live up to the, the expectation. I believe in you, frankly. Um, welcome well, may- to the show. Maybe the podcast much. has peaked. Maybe listeners should just say, this has been great. No, <laughs> just no, tap no. out right now. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is going to be a <laughs> great right, folks, discussion. I'll just drop the song in here. <laughs> So, so Max, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and what it is that you do. Absolutely. So my name's uh, Max Heinemann. I'm uh, half English, half Italian. Um, I grew up in Italy before moving to England, um, the Netherlands, and then uh, the United States. Um, one of the things that gave me the opportunity to travel as much as I have is working in hospitality. So I worked in, um, in the beverage industry for close to a decade um, and now have had the fortune of um of being a data analyst and a client manager for the wine and spirits industry in the United States with um, with Nielsen CGA, who um, who specify on on-premise data management and measurement and seeing what is going on, what people are drinking and how people have fun. Sure. And just to, just to get terms straight, on-premise, off-premise, what do those terms mean to you? So, um, so on, by on-premise and off-premise, I, uh, we mean where you consume. Pretty much. So off-premise, you'll have your liquor shops, your supermarkets, all these kind of things, things that you'll then purchase and then take somewhere else. Right. Unless you're having a bad day and you just decide to start <laughs> drinking beer in the supermarket. Yeah. Whilst on-premise is all your bars, your restaurants, your hotels, your that, casinos. That yeah. sounds like a pretty good day to me. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on, yeah. beer, beer in the supermarket is a thing now, yeah. right? This is. Have you been to the Whole Foods? In, or Mariano's yeah, in Mariano's, Chicago here? Yeah. You're absolutely right, and I stand corrected because it, it is something that when I first came to America, I was like, wow, this truly is the land of opportunity. <laughs> yeah. have, you, you can, have, you, have any of you ever been on a date? To one of the supermarkets, you see people going on the dates at supermarkets. Uh, Oof. I have not seen that, but I'm just got a little sad. Nah, man, I, I you know what? It's <laughs> I kind of, I don't have the confidence. To to... You know, it's one of those <laughs> things for me where I think the concept of it is foreign to me, but I can understand why some people do it. You know what? If you ain't got no money, she ain't got no money. 
Maybe that's just something y'all could work with together, you know? Maybe you figure something out. It's like find some specials, maybe split some Look, of the larger items. Get a glass of wine and like one of them prepackaged sushi situations and get it popping. I mean, if you're living alone, grapes, right? They come in that <laughs> giant bag, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> sheesh. Are you that, doing a 90s comedy routine? Yeah. Like, have you heard about grapes? <laughs> What's, What's the deal? They got, <laughs> they got red ones, they got grape ones. I don't even understand. Uh, but in all fairness, where do we draw the line from a supermarket? To then, for example, in Italy. Okay, uh, price point, I would say, because it's a, it's, a, it's the same thing. Yes, my thing is, I think there's a supermarket chain overseas in the UK actually, and it's like the higher end one. I can't think of the name. Waitrose. Of it. Yes, that's it, Waitrose. And it's like, are you having a garden party? Yeah, Do you want an Easter it. roast? And it's just like, but it's that, but that's <laughs> the American version is Italy. It's not as like I think the price is still kind of a weird. Yeah, yeah. I would say the experience at Italy is much better than Waitrose. Okay, um, but overall, I'd rather spend an afternoon in, in Italy Sa- than Waitrose. Sidebar: <laughs> the only reason I know that exists is because I am really interested in like class, like class structures, and so I'm always like, okay, so what is a middle class person in doing in London right now? Like, where are they living? Like that kind of thing, and that's just the weird thing that my brain right. does. And there's class, you know. It, I mean, but like you learn about from, the tiers. It's like Tesco's, you know, oh, yeah. and like Waitrose. It's like okay, but in, so in yeah. America, it's class exists, but we act like it doesn't. I think there's a very different point of view in England, right? International incident. Hold on. Um, I feel, however, that I'm probably not the best person Look, to talk about it. Hey, that was a very political okay. answer. I respect that's, that. That's good. We're not trying to start an international incident, Alex. What's better, Coke or Coke Two? Hey, man, they're both great. Hey, they're both great. Anyway, to each their own. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk let's talk the drinking scene in Chicago. Yeah. What what do you got for us, data wise? Yeah, talk to me about the city. So first first come first. I absolutely love this city. I've been in Chicago for about three years. and You've been working in bars and restaurants kind of the entire time, right? Yeah. Um, yes, up until Around the quite, industry, quite recently. I say. Yeah, yeah, in the industry for a while from, you know, I started off collecting glasses in mm. a shady Italian bar that let me work when I was too young um, and kind of worked in different facets of the bar industry as well as brand ambassadorship and those kind of the background end. Um, and now it's kind of just looking at, well, being given numbers and trying to make a story from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so real quick, I'm going to institute a new segment that we're starting this week and hopefully we'll do so far. We're going to call it the resume. So given your previous experience, I want you to drop one piece of knowledge that people might not know. And I'm going to pick an example. What is one thing people might not know about brand ambassadorship? It's not as fun as it appears to be. That's, a, you know what? I think a lot of people see brand ambassador. I think that that was like the proto influencer kind of thing, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. face of the brand. And then it turned into like what it is now, but go ahead. Um, and, and, and this is, this is entirely personal. Um, however, you know, as a, as a brand ambassador, you, well, obviously you're the face of the company, but you're the face of the company hundred percent of your time. Mm. Um, you're depending on your role, you're doing it in, various cities you're traveling a lot you're staying in um, motels to make sure that the person who controls your expenses doesn't start screaming at you at the end of the month um, and you're just you're always very active um, and you know for me personally I need every now and then just like a few hours just to block out everyone else and to yeah be a human being yeah, yeah. exactly um, and but but don't get me wrong you know it's also fantastic you can you can talk about a product that you really believe in and you're very excited you get to meet so many interesting people and seeing how they can take your spirit and reimagine it in cocktails or food or right. all sorts of things um, and and yeah it's it's an f- amazing job for people who can do it um, but it's not for everyone. And mm-hmm. my personal experience was that is uh, also not for me. Okay. And See, w- new segment. Br- what brand were you working on or what's, what category can you say? Um, I was a Scotch brand ambassador. Ooh. Okay. Sidebar, let's talk about the look because you came through with a crazy fit on. You look amazing. <laughs> you came through looking like a, a Bond villain. I'm here for it, but like a good Bond villain. You know what I'm saying? I like to believe so. Like, I, I, like you look like you're about to leave here and go to a Baccarat game. I wouldn't you know mind, you know, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. You're about uh, to go get a, into some wild stuff. Uh, I see you. No, I, I respect I, it. I would uh, I would say that the helicopter would uh, pick me up. We got, listen, we got all kinds of fans that are listening. They're going to go, hey, that voice sounds pretty interesting. What does he look like? <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know he's out here. He looks great. Um, so we can move on. He's, he's got one electronic eye. 
exactly yeah. and i can't get it to stop buzzing yeah, there's a lot of yeah we, we, we turned we turned your mic down uh, <laughs> okay cool thank you for indulging my nonsense um so yeah what is chicago drinking right now so i'll start off we can have a little we can have a little fun with this where what category of spirits do you think chicagoans consume the most oh just spirits okay. so for example brandy cognac oh, oh, american okay, whiskey wrong. gins okay. these kind of things the okay you go first and then i'll go I, i'm gonna say uh well i'm gonna say whiskey whiskey what kind of whiskey uh b- 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 i'd say bourbon bourbon it's uh, irish whiskey you think so yeah well gentlemen you are both mistaken chicagoans drink the most schnapps and the most Canadian whiskey. Let's no. go! Oh, oh my God. You know, oh my God. Wait, wait, time out. Time out, time out. I think I know why. Is Crown Royal Canadian Crown whiskey? Royal is Canadian That's whiskey. That's why. You've been to the South Side, baby? Listen. <laughs> Listen. And and you know what else? Every person, listen, look, I promise you, there is a Crown Royal bag filled with quarters, dimes, and nickels. <laughs> In the immediate listening range of at least fifteen percent of the population that is listening to these words. So, so what's behind that? What is behind that? Why is that? So, well, to, to start off, also with schnapps, one of the things that Chicagoans have that's considered schnapps that a lot of people, uh, other or a lot of other cities don't, Jepson's Malort. Ah, okay. hey, so that, so that's that local crazy. pride Tie-in. is is forcing is forcing that category. Really, this is uh, we might turn this into a crossover. You uh, see what we did there? Everybody who's listening here, if this is your first episode, go back into like, our one backlog. Week. Yeah, one go, week. Uh, go farther than no, that. No, no, no. Go listen to every episode. Yeah. There, there's <laughs> Easter eggs. We, we <laughs> hint we hint at Malort throughout. Also, this is like one of those really deep and uh, well written TV shows where like if you miss the first season, they're gonna be in like season six, and you're gonna miss so much stuff because you don't know the references. Yeah, we are not making this up as we go along. Nah, not at all. <laughs> so with with the categories you gentlemen mentioned, um, American whiskey, top three, New York, LA, Chicago, mm. and then um, Irish whiskey, New York, LA, Chicago. So how much of that is like DMA related in terms of like, okay, yes, obviously those are three, the three biggest cities in the country. Is it, I mean, is that kind of always going to be the case? Most, almost always. Um, so this is, this is data that we've compiled um, using this thing we, uh, called on-premise measurement. Mm. Um, so what we have is that we have a sample model that we look at what people are drinking <clears throat> throughout the whole United States. So this gives us the opportunity to see how people are drinking and what is going to kind of what's rising and what's falling. Mm-hmm. One of the things is that we say Chicago, which has a population of three million, but Chicago land then has 10. So the, one of the difficult things is where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Aurora, Joliet. Um, and Skokie no Skokie's 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 what do you draw on in the north side uh, Wisconsin (laughs) uh, yeah I guess I can't yeah okay I mean right Wisconsin Kenosha Kenosha. is not Chicago land no no and then the lake Kenosha I I don't know enough um, which is why I'll leave Listen, it as we, an open we, question. You can go ahead and just leave Kenosha where it is. So let's, 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 can we just sidebar a little yeah, bit on the, the Canadian whiskey side? So you're saying that this is this is on-premise data, right? So yeah. this is data about people uh, ordering at bars. Yeah. And Ernest, you're talking about people with the the, the Velvet Crown Royal the Velvet bag, Crown, right? Yep. And they've obviously yep. bought that off-premise. So there's, there's, there's something happening in both places. Well, I think it's either way because, I mean, I don't know – it might not be the case for Chicago, but like some of those lounges, it's a package store too. So you kind of it's, okay. it's two for one because you're you're getting a you might take a shot at when you get off work, and then take a bag or something to go. Interesting. Okay. Absolutely. But that's not all of them. But and yeah. then, you know, there's no, also I think that's a cultural reference piece though because immediately I was like Canadian whiskey. I'm like, where have I seen that Crown? Right. And how did <laughs> how did Crown Royal get its uh, talons into the South Side of Chicago? Where, where uh, <laughs> I guess it's the same way a lot of other brands did um, aggressive marketing to the community in the 70s when black people had money still. And then as the 80s um, and 90s ravaged the everybody post crack, those are just the brands that had loyalty and exclusivity because they were at a way lower price point than everything else. That's why everybody drinks malt liquor. Well, it's also I mean, to me, it, it seems like an accessible luxury. Yeah. You know, well, Crown, like, I mean, for sure, like middle class, I can only speak for the people I, I know. But like, there was definitely just like crown bags, and like, yeah, I've seen a suit made of crown royal bags. 
I swear to you, I'll show you the picture after this episode. Like, that, it's crazy. Is that the lining of your jacket right now, Matt? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I am sponsored. Yeah. Um, that would be absolutely amazing if it was just a purple blazer. I would. With, look, with I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to show you the picture the second this episode is over because I don't want to take away from, <laughs> and have a big silence in the middle of it while people react. No, no, let's do it real time. Hold on. No, this is I'm going to show you the picture. So we can... um, I was in Detroit this past weekend visiting my family. Love them all. And I came across. Shout out to Ernest family in Detroit. Wow, that's sweet. Okay, yeah. So um, you've got a. So what we're looking at right now is literally a blazer made out of Crown Royal bags. Sweet. Shout out to Doc Waffles, co-owners. Much love. So one of the important things to remember is that on on and off premise, whilst we separate them ourselves, they go hand in hand. You sure. have you have something nice in a bar. You're gonna next time you're going shopping, mm. you're gonna be looking for it. Um, the same happens with you know Crown Royal, but with any spirit. So um, is there a way to kind of look at the so like trending boozes because i always think about like when booze is in a song you know and it's like i remember like i y'all ever had the incredible hulk <laughs> is when you just mix hennessy and hypnotic it's a really bad idea <laughs> sounds like an experience if, the 2000s were wild let me just tell you and and basically it's i only drank it was it was in rap songs which is something i'm not proud to admit but you know what you got to grow and you got to learn so that's the truth I, that's why I. so is there a correlation to that somewhere absolutely um so one of one of the very interesting things about the kind of the data sets that we have access to is that um, another one we have is called um, Check Level Insights Pool, uh, or CLIP to make it more manageable. Um, and pretty much that is information sourced directly from bars. So that gives us a real granular level of what is going on in the city. And so with rap songs, for example, we we looked in what Red Bull appears on checks. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the top three things people have with Red Bull? Uh, roofies. I used to work at Red Bull, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, for All right. a couple of years. And Sorry, Ernest. So, <laughs> it just got awkward. Oh, God. Oh, God, I got exposed. Um, no, I would, here's my guesses. Mm-hmm. We're talking on-premise. Well, talking on-premise brands. On-premise brands mixed. Um, there's a vodka. I'm going to say this is this national or Chicago? National. National. It's going to be Kettle. Okay. Yeah, that looked good. That looked good. You made. Oh well, no, sorry. Yeah. As, uh, Damn, as in, traded. okay, as in, I've Damn. understood your answer. I, I, I got he, you mistaken. He, I got too excited. He acknowledges your missed guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. <laughs> Damn. So we're, we're, the question is, what is ordered alongside? What is ordered Red alongside Red Bull? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I, I mean, Jägermeister. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's two. That's two. You you in the right family with Kettle? Yeah. Oh, is it Tito's? Tito's. It's yeah. Tito's. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then this one, I honestly am just gonna throw it out there. Bourbon. It's a not a bad guess. Uh, it's unfortunately mistaken. Um, Hennessy. <laughs> because Ooh, Red Bull we, and Hennessy. Yeah, yeah. And I've tried it. It's one. It's, yeah, yeah. You. Some of you may think back of a song ref, uh, where it's referenced as Crunk Juice by um, <laughs> Lil Jon. I believe. I, I may be mistaken. Isn't, isn't oh that, hold on. Isn't, no, isn't that no. our intro music? Is no, that's that's Jay Dilla. That's they're both <laughs> iconic producers, but for different reasons. Um, and so. With with that, yeah, it's such a surprise, and that's that's the influence that musicians. So have. so it's funny you mentioned this because I used to live in Atlanta, and in the time that I lived in Atlanta, Crunk Juice was an actual product you could purchase. It wasn't the actual alcohol, but it was like a it was a big red can, and I used to love them. And like low key, <laughs> I went to visit my family in Selma, Alabama, like not that long ago, and there were still cans of Crunk Juice in the thing, and I was like, I don't think these are still like good, <laughs> like. <laughs> That was 2006. Was like, what was going on, dog? What is what is Nelly selling in St. Louis? What is he that? used to sell uh, pimp, pimp juice. juice? He used to sell pimp juice. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, the rapper beverages are always fantastic because you had like the Dipset who has Scissor, um, I believe, and then all the individually I mean, branded. You, you like, also have, you know, you've got um, Ciroc. Yeah. Um, the, so that's a, is that a brand ambassadorship? Like, does this Puff straight up own Ciroc? I I don't know okay. um, enough to kind of say you're yes not, you're or not no. But I, 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 I know I know they have a lot of um, you know connections. Yeah, you know, that's just true. To, just tie in here. If you were say an, a, a, an alcohol brand came to you and said we have these twenty possible names, how, would you choose the one that makes the best rhymes with say like words like party, Bacardi, yeah, right. Hennessy, <laughs> an enemy? Like, like, is that the, is that how they is that literally how they choose their names? I, God, you know that is such a good question. Um, it is is something that that's like, you know what though this is a, that's an office hours takeaway. 
Make your name <laughs> easy to rhyme and rap song. Rhyme with something, you know, cool. Yeah. It's, it, uh, you know, you, you just, it's something that, you know, when, when I've been <laughs> contemplating life, standing behind a bar, wondering why I do it all, and just staring at bottles in the distance, being like, oh, that's an interesting name. I wonder why they ch- chose that. But definitely, you know, why? I mean, if you can have, you know, these days, if you can have a name with that social media handle or something that people can easily remember the slogan of or so that someone can link, you know, even just a random thing with your mm-hmm. brand. It's like Natty Ice. It. I mean, all of those campaigns like Natty Ice, like Natter Days, um, just all of those real, it seems like viral marketing, but it's just regular marketing where it's just like, we're going to give beer to college students. Let's see what happens. Like, Well, of course, and you know, it's, everyone, everyone does it their own way. But yeah. if you try to market to younger people, you will have people who will probably be drinking your product for a good 50 years. Yeah. Um, get, get, it's uh, some, something you see more in Europe um, because of, you know, different drinking ages um, and different laws around um, around certain things. I remember when I when I was growing up um, in Italy, you can have anything that's under 35% ABV uh, when you're 16. Mm. Um, and so you kind of start... Oh, you just wild out. Things. Yeah, you just wild out. Well, yes and no. Um, it's something that you you kind of learn to appreciate because it's always there. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Um, so that's an interesting cultural question because I think, and I can only speak for me and my friends, but like when we 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 did the absolute most when it was illegal. Uh, sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> but we did the absolute most when it was illegal because it was like, oh my god, it's a forbidden thing. But the second you like are legally able to drink, it's not that serious anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Just I mean, like, oh, okay. Think of Adam and Eve. They ate the only thing they weren't meant to. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's crazy because like, I used to hide, oh my God, elaborate hiding systems that people miss. It's like the thrill of it. Like of now course. it's just like, okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now now it's something we don't really have to worry about anymore. But the point being is that, yeah, people, people will market to certain generations and try to get in early because then you'll have that brand loyalty and that rep- rapport that both on the on and off premise, people will be looking for that product. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm familiar with Natty Ice. I haven't had it personally, um, but I'm sure a lot of people will always go back to it. Yeah, I mean, the ice beer thing was a, it was a, uh, a, a product, a quote unquote innovation of, I think, the early 90s, right? There were Ice oh, yeah. House, ice Natty house. Ice. And uh, it was just higher it, alcohol volume, it was higher at a lower al- price point. Well, it was higher <laughs> alcohol, but it was, it was uh, wrapped up in this idea that it's brewed ice cold and it, it, it tastes colder. Or all they do, and then the thing is, like, they sell those very cheaply in inner city convenience stores <laughs> but the thing the fact is it is yeah it's what is it seven percent six percent something like that, something it, like it's, that. It's, absurd. it's significantly higher yeah. it's like like, like red 50, dog yeah 50 percent or so higher than your ordinary you beer. It was, red it's, dog. it's sort of a <laughs> like a step down from your malt liquors yeah. which were malt liquors are like 12 percent or something i don't like, know i don't honestly and really then, interesting thing also in talking about drinking trends in the uk versus the u.s like I think the UK got like the Alco Pops a lot earlier than we did. Like we got Sparks in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and everybody was like, "What? You can put caffeine in alcohol?" And we all lost our minds. <laughs> well, yes, and I mean, from I mean, yes, Alco Pops are, are, or at least were, um, quite quite popular. You know, you had your your WKDs, your Smirnoff Ices, your Bacardi Breezes. We got all that late. Did Smirnoff we? Ice didn't really, I don't feel like Smirnoff Ice didn't really hit the US until the late 2000s. But I reckon it's because a lot of that target market was smashing four locos against their four. We sure were, buddy. Yes. <laughs> we sure were. Do you, right, we're, we learned the four. Do you know what the four and the four loco are? I, I have no idea. I haven't ever, I've you just remember? heard of this mythical one, one thing. One of them's taurine. Taurine, caffeine, alcohol. Right and wormwood. Wormwood, that's right. Wormwood, yeah. yeah. All right. The four, the four back, and four. Back to OG Jetsons for a look. Yeah, see, crossover. <laughs> this, is, this is the it's, Office it's Hour Cinematic Universe. Circle. We have to change the name of this podcast. Just <laughs> drinking and thinking, <laughs> drinking and thinking with Ernest and Alex. <laughs> I mean, you you have given me a list of things to try. Yeah. Now that now that I, there's canned crunk juice, there's don't, red red dog. Don't drink red dog. <laughs> don't, don't just, drink you know red what? Dog. I'm where's, just gonna go ahead and be serious for a second. Don't drink red dog. Wait, where's your where are you? Where's your chart about crunk juice yeah. Come on. so uh, you know that was just a, a fun fact rather than yeah, yes, something I'll nail my nail my flag awesome. to okay so <laughs> i wanted to ask is there a drink that chicago overindexes versus the rest of the country yes absolutely so when it comes to cocktails in particular um and this is 
this is a comparison of Chicago, LA, Tampa, Miami, New York, and Boston. All towns that know how to get down. Uh, exactly. Um, so five of these six cities have the same popular cocktail. And in one of the cities, that cocktail doesn't appear in the top five. So. Uh-oh. Alex has his hand up in the studio. <laughs> Alex, yes. Margarita. That is the right cocktail in the different cities. Right. And, the and one in, in the other cities. I, I know the Chicago one because I cheated and read this research. <laughs> Wait, what? I, you cheated? I did. It's in that background folder that I sent you yeah, like two I, minutes I before we recorded. Oh, so you sabotaged <laughs> me. You see this? I came in with inaccurate information. I, Go I, ahead. I, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it for everyone, but I did. Right. I, what jumped out to me was how popular the margarita is, like everywhere. It's like margaritas are delicious. Margaritas really are delicious, but to me, it's like I'll have a margarita in the summer on a patio in a specific like. But I'm not like dead of winter going to walk into a bar. And be like, hey man, margarita straight up. This is the other parts of the country. Like, have you been to Tampa? Actually, no. Man, let me tell you something. People, <laughs> people, it's funny to dunk on Florida. And there are a lot of reasons why you should dunk on Florida. But the one thing you cannot dunk on is Floridians are some of the most partying MFers you will ever see in your lifetime. Tampa, you would think, is Pirates. There's Ebor. Magic Mike is there. Hold on. Basically, do, do they go ham? Uh, I'm not even going to. Anyway, they have this <laughs> thing called asking. Gasparilla every January. And it's basically if Mardi Gras was run by Pirates. And I'm talking, you, margaritas, like, every hour on hour, it's never cold. Like, they just kick it and drink margaritas and, like, listen to Jack Johnson. That sounds actually okay. Yeah. There's worse things to do I any mean, day, right? Amen. Last time I was in New Orleans, there was a pirate convention I stayed in my there, buddy's house. So. Tell me why I walk out <laughs> to the front yard, and the front yard is the ocean, mind you. Now, look, this is, it's a manatee. I'm like, that's a manatee. They, they think it's normal. I'm like, that's a, like, I'm freaking out. I'm having an emotional experience. Like, I've never seen a manatee before, so like, in the wild. In Florida, manatees are like their squirrels, maybe. Hey, just, alligators are their to. squirrels. Ooh, but, thanks. long story short, <laughs> Tampa knows how to party. And a margarita is a great drink when you're having a party. All right, but, then, but then it's, it, this is four out of the five major markets you mentioned, right? Yeah. It, the margarita is the number one cocktail. And, you know, I got I to gotta think, like, there's something to do with the crossover, right? Like that is that Very is a drink that men, women, young, old, everyone. But there's also right? different ways to drink it too. Like you know, you could get a frozen one. You can get one on the rocks. You can get just like a skinny margarita, which is just, they take tequila and just like squeeze a lime in it. Yeah. Absolutely, I guess all yeah. And also, I mean, going back to the seasonal thing, you know, that's that's a personal choice. I'm I'm similar, especially in Chicago. I can't remember the last time I saw the sun. <laughs> but um, especially with this summer we're having, um, but it, but it is such an interesting factor, and a lot of people think, oh yeah, margaritas is for for heat, for warmth. So a lot of people who perhaps go from Chicago to Florida, perhaps aren't having margaritas here. But then as soon as they they touch down in Miami, they're like, all right, I'm gonna go Miami <laughs> Beach. I'm gonna double uh, you know double fist a frozen and a skinny yeah. and just smash it back and enjoy the sunset. <laughs> um, but on the contrary, here in Chicago. The old-fashioned is the cocktail that, that rules. The um, old-fashioned is the number one cocktail in Chicago. I see that. I, see I honestly believe that. And so so that is that is bourbon, what, vermouth? Uh, no. no, so bourbon, sugar, and bitters. Bourbon, sugar, and bitters only. Okay, yeah. the vermouth is for the Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. So and a, and a lot of people will probably now be furiously scribbling in somewhere, oh, that's not this or it's not that, the, especially our neighbors to the north in Wisconsin. They oh have my God. But that's the thing. We, we took all of their kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's really it. There's like all the transplants who still want an old fashioned or Wisconsin old fashioned. There's a lot of bars that do it, you know, like Will's Northwoods and those kind of places. Ah, I love the Northwoods. Um, it's a good place. It's like just basically Wisconsin, but like in Illinois. Um, but it's interesting because the old fashioned, I was like, yeah, that actually makes so much sense because I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, and 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 not just that, you know, it's a simple drink to make. You know, if if people want want whiskey, or you know, you can any any person is can there, make it. Is there okay? So this is just a a, a cultural thing that I witness. Is there a term for basically what I call like chicken finger syndrome, where when presented with new options or unfamiliar options, people will always gravitate towards something that feels familiar, which is why you'll go to your friend who only eats chicken strips at a place because they don't trust anything else. Is that because I feel like the old fashioned makes a lot of sense to me because it's a drink that I know anywhere I go for the most part I can just give me the old fashioned. Because it's also like a barrier of entry. Like, if they mess this up, I'm not going to drink anything else. But I'll, I'll switch the beer. Mm -hmm. Or I don't trust their mixology skills. Just make me an old-fashioned. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a, a factor behind it. 
Um, but what you know, one of the things to remember is that Chicago has a massive food and beverage scene. Mm-hmm. So Chicagoans themselves obviously aren't afraid of going out trying something new. What it, again? It could be just down to personal choice that people just enjoy an old fashioned because it's something they can sip on, relax, you know, and and enjoy kind of the rest of the meal without particularly having to worry about what's in their drink. But we also have some fantastic cocktail bars here. So that's that dual experience where someone might have an old fashioned where they feel comfortable and then go for their kind of experience somewhere else will go hand in hand. Um, definitely, it is very interesting to see that margaritas, whilst being incredibly popular in, in, across the country, aren't one of the top five drinks ordered here. Surprisingly, the mimosa is second. And, um, you know... The brunch scene. Exactly, that brunch scene. I'll drink a mimosa right now. I, oh, I'll yeah. drink a mimosa. I'm an all-day <laughs> mimosa I, guy. I, like, all I, day long. I love mimosas. I like them, like... Just a drop of orange juice. I mean, just a so you know, like just to muddy the waters. I mean, pretty I'm much. just saying you can't. I can't drink that much orange juice. I like to know? drink like an old golfer. So like, <laughs> legitimately, like, give me a pint glass, put four ice cubes in it, top it with champagne, leave me alone. That is my drink. I hey, love that's, it. That's I'm, what you imagine golfers drink, like an old golfer. You know, like in the '70s, he's got like pilots just slacks on. He's like hanging out with John Daly. He's like, give me a champagne on ice. No, they drink. They drink brandy. <laughs> like Nick Nolte was playing him in the movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it's an old a, golfer drink. I, I want to see that movie. Champagne on yeah, ice. I mean, the owner, the Arnold Palmer, right, is just Shout iced Arnie's tea Army. and lemonade, and there's That's an it. alcohol alcoholic version of that. The, yeah, the, the John Daly. The John Daly is when you put booze in it. The Long Island iced tea is sort of a the Long Island iced tea is sort of a bad decision. It is, but it's <laughs> man, it's cheap it works and it's good. It's <laughs> it works. A functional drink there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it does blur the line um, between. <laughs> enjoying a beverage and trying to get to a destination. So so the mimosa, you're feeling like that's probably driven by early morning. Absolutely. You know, um, there's so many fantastic restaurants in the city, all of them opening up on the Saturday and the Sunday. um, And the mimosa is a fantastic, um, well, a doctor will probably tell you not, but it's a fantastic (laughs) way to start your day. Um, And you're, you're feeling perhaps not at your best. Um, the idea of sitting outside, getting a pitcher of sparkling wine and a pitcher of orange juice or some other juice, and then just putting them together and sitting back and wondering why you do the things you do. It's it's, it's a great way to live. I think, man, I, th- I think that's a really funny observation too because it's like a lot of drinking is sometimes like, huh, I'm going to sit here for a while. <laughs> you just kind of like need something to do while you're sitting for a while. <laughs> and it just kind of fills that need. Exactly. So they, they call it sessionable beers. Yeah, yeah. those beers, beers yeah, you yeah. can just chug all day. Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's, that's a European a big, innovation. We appreciate y'all for that. It's yeah. it's also a big trend in, in, in the rest of spirits. Um, really? Ab- absolutely. You know, as, as more people are becoming health conscious um, and really thinking about how much alcohol and sugar they, they consume, you're seeing the rise of lower, mm-hmm. lower alcohol spirits. Even non-alcoholic spirits have become a, a, a big thing. Um as well as cocktails with sherries or vermouths or wines that kind of aren't as Is that why the Aperol Spritz is popping right now? I mean, the Aperol Spritz is one of God's gift to our Oh, I love them. I love them. It is, yeah, I mean. I might have one tomorrow. (laughs) You know, I mean, originally it was a Venetian Spritz, but Aperol made it themselves. You know, now now if someone thinks of a Spritz, Aperol is a thing thing they they think about. and it, it's a brilliant trend from from the Campari group to really push it, not just for seasonality, but throughout throughout the um, throughout the year. But just just for for fun to close out, would you like to hazard a guess what the other top five cocktails in Chicago are? Oh, what the bottom three? Sorry, the bottom a, three. Okay. Yeah. So after after old the old fashioned, fashioned the after the mimosa, my yeah. Goodness, and this is just cocktails. Just cocktails. All right. All right, you go and I'll go. I I I can, I I can give you a clue. They all start with an M. They all start with an. Is it? Yeah. It's not Michelob. I got it. Okay, you got it. <laughs> all right. Uh, is um. Okay, you go. All right, Moscow Mule. Yep. Manhattan. Yep. Oh my god. Michelada. No, no, that would not. That w- I was honestly, I was with you for a second with the. I'll, mar- I'll give like, you. I'll give you a clue. I'll have it shaken, not stirred. A martini. 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 Yeah. yeah. And is that gin martini or vodka martini? Or does it not distinguish? It's it's martini in general. So, 
since this information is from uh, POS systems, mm -hmm. we are only as good or the data is only as good as the person who writes, who puts the button in. So, for example, if you have a bar and you have martinis, maybe all your martinis are $10, but it doesn't matter if you use gin or vodka. Okay. So we only see that the martini button really has hard. been pressed, let's say, 10 times, but we don't know what's going into it. And so do you see seasonal spikes in, obviously, the joke is always like people drink more in the winter. Is that a real thing? Absolutely. Um, it is something that we see um, throughout throughout the, the seasons. Um, in spring and fall is when people are drinking less and winter and summer. Well, most people drink in the summer, then winter, and then spring and fall. Um, most of the times, um, on-premise during the winter, you're, when you go out, you're out for a while. Because especially, I mean, in, in, nor in the northern part of the country where yeah. we actually have seasons, once you brave the cold to get out, then you're not moving. Yeah, and when yeah. I go home, I'm not coming back out. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the idea. Whilst in the summer, on the other on the other hand, you kind of you go out for brunch. You sit outside all day. Then you go to some an, a kind of an afternoon bar, and mm -hmm. then you start your night out. We, yeah, it's just like we call those world tour days. You leave the house <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the morning. You come home at 2 in the morning, and you'll know what happened. Exactly. You have no more money. But you've had a good day. You also walk like 17,000 steps. So, Max, you were you have a background as the person behind a bar, right? You, you yeah. were a bartender. Tell us a little bit about being a bartender. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like asking, tell me about being a human. Um, <laughs> you know, entirely. It, 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 tell us one thing about being a bartender. Um, yeah, bar, you know, working in a bar is fantastic. The people that are, come to a bar are, are terrible. Yeah, uh, that's, no, uh, I feel you. You know, it, Every, people who work retail will say the same thing. Yeah, so so I guess I guess a follow up on that it, as somebody who was the guy behind the counter and now you are an analyst reading data that is driven from bartenders. Right. Is there anything that you're seeing in the data that really that surprises you or contradicts uh, a belief that you had uh, uh, from before? Not not particularly. Um, you know, what, one of one of the things that is fantastic about the past five, 10 years is cocktail scene really exploding and people trying all sorts of things with new flavors and tr using a variety of spirits to make their program really stand out, um, which is a fantastic thing for the smaller company. Um, you've seen a lot of craft beers, craft distilleries popping up all over the country and being able to find traction because you do have those bartenders who are willing to take the risk and not I suppose not risk but willing to try something new to help them stand out obviously you're always going to have the big brands the big players who who you can find in every bar around the world but it's always great to give an opportunity to to that person who's interested in brewing or distilling something in their shed and then they've managed to build a distillery and then they grow from maybe just regional distribution to worldwide who knows right. you know world's their oyster okay so two more things and we'll let you go um question i had was a little bit of a little future observational trend casting if you will um without giving up the secret sauce here are there any emerging trends you're seeing in the wine and spirits category yeah absolutely um going back to to what we were talking about earlier with people more interested in, in what they're drinking and kind of the health aspect of alcohol, um, if that, if you could say if there is one, which uh, you definitely can't, um, <laughs> but that is that is something that has um, is is becoming more prevalent both on on and off premise. Um, like the ease of an old fashioned, uh, canned wine or ready to drinks or hard seltzers, they're easy to sell. It's just a can. You can give a glass of ice or a straw, and the the patron is on their merry way. They don't have to worry about if the drink is how they want it or if the glass is clean or dirty or whatever, all the issues get removed from it and, and more people can have it, especially because these tend to be around 5% ABV and a lot of them are marketed with having no carbs, fewer calories, whatever the current health trend is. Um, and it does, it does give people um, some, something to look for, both when they go out to restaurants and bars and when, they, um, when they're shopping personally. A lot of places with patios, with um, you know, on on the lakefront, for example, 
it's it's a blessing because they don't have to worry about anything anymore. Um, they just have to put large bins outside and or, or trash cans outside and um, don't have to stock the bottles, don't have to deal with exactly. the, ice, uh, the glassware, etc. Easy to stack, very not fragile. Um, put them in a bucket, throw it, some ice, sell it seventeen bucks. Well, I'm, it's I mean it's. It totally makes sense, but it's also amazing to me that there are some very logistical things that drive trends. It's like there is a reason beer comes in cans, right? There's a reason that uh, uh, these form factors make a huge difference. There's a reason we have those com- plastic bag wines where it's like the wine pack and you have like a little bladder, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, Bo- I mean boxed wine. I mean those that, little balls. But you can you can now get you can actually get vodka in a in a it's like a Ziploc bag, right? <laughs> so I'm just imagining somebody just yeah. like in the club. with the seal with the, the zipper teeth. It's just like, it's it's a packaging innovation. I'm telling you, it's like a Capri Sun. Hey, actually, that exists. I was on a boat, um, and they had basically adult Capri Suns where it was just a pouch, and they filled it up with like a vodka soda. And then a little straw, and it was an adult Capri Sun. Yeah, I mean that is now a, a thing you can buy. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And and well, different packaging is is definitely a, a real big motivating factor because, um, you know, more more and more people are conscious that we aren't the best at keeping the planet clean and green, um, but being able to to have reusable bottles and cans that can be um, recycled and all that kind of thing. It's definitely something that that comes into certain people in the consumer's consciousness. Sure, and, and the packaging telegraphs something about the brand, right? There's there's uh, the uh, low carb, uh, low alcohol, ready to drink uh, uh, beverages you're talking about. You'll see them in tall, skinny cans, yep. right? And there's a reason for that. I mean, absolutely, they're and trying to say something about what is in the can and what and it will do to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, one of the interesting things is. Um, so another thing we do is uh, an on-premise user survey. So every year we interview 30,000 people. Um, we ask them questions about their drinking habits, their eating habits. Um, and so pretty much what we do um, is the person has to have gone to a bar or restaurant within the last three months. But of these 30,000 people, 64% of them said that health is an important consideration. So 64% of people going out for a drink say that health is an important That's, that's 64 <laughs> Sixty-four percent in in general. I mean, I want to talk to the. Uh, but you know how people are, though, because it's you think it's you think about the thing until it applies to you. It's why you can't take your own advice. Oh, absolutely. You know? I also want to talk to the thirty-six percent who don't give a crap about their health. <laughs> hey, man, have you been? Look, I got a bunch of people view to me. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't give it. <laughs> they they don't care. Health? What's that? Yeah. But you know, and and that's that's part of um, you know a, a trend we're seeing in two thousand sixteen. Fifty-five percent of twenty-one to thirty-four-year-olds would go out on a weekly basis, and that's dropped to forty percent in two thousand nineteen. Um, in the last, <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny at well, all. Well, I mean, there's a lot of trends that are are the unintended consequence of technology. Like, right? yeah, that's like what I'm you, see, to think. you see, you see, because people stop going out. You see kids who don't care about getting their driver's license yeah. anymore. You know, you see social interactions yeah. happening. Pokemon Go screen. Festival. Uh, the reason I was laughing was the concept of like, I was like, all of those people either freaked out about the presidential election and died <laughs> or they just stopped going outside. And that's not a political, not, not a political podcast, but no. So it's not a political podcast, but we can address that it happened. So in in that twenty one to thirty four year old demographic, sixty six percent of them in the last twelve months abstained from alcohol. Mm. Um, so not for the twelve months, but they decided to take a week off or a month off, whatever. Um, and the top five reasons for that were health, price, um, to lose weight because they had bad experiences, um, because they were trying to save money, and then the kicker of really our generation is their. Uh, it, online reputation ah that's real i mean you can't be out here being like you i think pre-internet like pre-internet like that generations like the early millennials and gen x like it was legitimately the last of you can just wild out one night and that stuff just might go away one night Ah, yes i can just (laughs) i i just relish all the all the things that i did that are not on social media and that's how people yeah i mean what a joy it is to me my stuff (laughs) I was yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, but I also think it was that first internet generation. We were the first ones to see, but well, internet like active in your everyday existence. Um, we were the first ones to see the real time effects of that. So I think that's when like 
Facebook was like, oh, you got to shut down your Facebook. And people would like Absolutely. change their name on Facebook yeah. and like people can't figure out who you are. Um, so to that point, that isn't something that I'm very surprised to hear, actually. It's it's surprising. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. if you know, if, if you go out any night in, in any city, the amount of people who have their phones out at any given point is, I mean, it, one once upon a time it could have been surprising, but now it's just part part of uh, life, you know, being in a bar and mm-hmm. always hearing like a a woo for Snapchat or like seeing a flash at the yeah. corner of your eye. It's just something that happens, but you know, you you embrace it. It's also a way for for companies to have yeah. something go I viral. Mean, yeah. You see bars and restaurants designing their lighting to be Instagram friendly. I, right? I exactly. enjoy the new trend where it's like they get the, the customized neon. And like, there's one, I think, like LeBron James posted it. It was like, I'm doper in real life than on social media. But it's like the entire point of that neon is for you to take a picture for social media. Absolutely. And, and, and but not, that's like the oh thing. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Instagram bait. Oh yeah. You know, like, yes way, rosé, like all that. Oh yeah. Like look at all the tiki bars. Those, those cocktails are designed to or be yes, photographed. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I think that's a, I think that's a, so that was probably a trend that they saw 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And they were like, Hey, people want to be able to take a picture of their food or their drink. So, I mean, in 30% of under 35s regularly post pictures of drinks on social media when going out. Um, so, so, you know, there's three of us in a room. That seems lower than I expected, actually. 30%? Like, I assumed it would be higher because they're more actively using their phones. True, but using a phone and taking a picture and posting it on social media is a, there's, you know, there's a yeah, difference there, in that. Yeah, you know? yeah, okay. Um, I, I know I will take a picture of maybe a cocktail which surprised me or I'll take a picture of a menu so I remember the place. Yeah. But on a kind of regular basis when I'm out on a Friday having a drink, I won't be hashtag Friday, yeah. hashtag yeah. weekend begins, yeah. whatever. For sure. Whatever kids are using these days. Since I just sent a meme, just like you walking. Like, I use Stone Cold Steve Austin walking really aggressively, yeah. <laughs> coming in a Friday like, and it's Stone Cold Steve. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, that... that um, 30% compared to over 55s, that's 3% of over 55s. Um, so whilst, you know, one in three of under 35s seems low compared to the rest of humans. So it's just, yeah, it's just, wow. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost twice as much as 35s to 54s. Mm. Remarkable. Um, wow. So it is a, it is a big, it, you know, it's a big trend and it's something that, that bars will, will be conscious about when creating new menus the same as um, same as spirit brands when they're trying to think of how to really market their product. You see it a lot with, especially in Europe, with gin companies having these beautiful big balloon glasses um, where you have, you know, a selection of fruit and spices and it's just really this beautiful gin and tonic. And something that, something like that has caused is that in the UK, for example, gin has grown by 50% in the last year. Whilst, Compared to the United States, it's grown 4.5% in the last year. So that kind of cultural differences of really pumping people with that um, that idea of having your beautiful drink and taking a picture of it and showing all your friends, then expands, you know, beyond. Okay. So, and again, you don't have to sell us, but is there a, a specific type of wine? Because I'm noticing a lot of conversations around natural wine right now, right? People opening up natural wine bars. Are you seeing that correlation? Like, how do you get this information before the people who are opening these spaces see it? And you're saying, like, oh, we're going to see an upswing in natural wine in the next six to eight months. So, yes and no. I mean, you know, no no one can tell the future. Right. But we can see that, um, you know, that over the past 12 weeks, something grows faster than something else. Have you seen any of those recently? Um, yes. Um However, it's also, you know, seasonality comes yep. into play. Um, but definitely with with natural wines, it's something that, um, that the, the category as a whole mm-hmm. has, has grown because people, people, again, are just more interested in what they're putting into their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the idea that something come that something is as kind of organic as possible is something that appeals to a lot of people. If you think of uh, Tito's, had massive success because they, you know, put um, handmade vodka gluten free, um, not in that order, um, yeah. but you know that that's the gist. Right. 
Um, and, and that really drew a lot of people. Mm. And, and with natural wines, it, it's the exact same thing. Well, wine in general, um, since it's such a large category and people are so familiar with it, it's going to be difficult to, and, and this is a personal opinion, difficult to really stand out in the crowd because in the end, when you have a glass of wine, you'll have a different one in a different uh, different place and you don't really have that similarity of always getting the same Pinot Grigio, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. Whilst you, someone might always go out and have a Jack Daniels, someone might go out and always have uh, Aperol, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. There's not that kind of brand loyalty as much in the on-premise with wines as a brand, but more as, as the grape. So what, what um, given what you know about how Chicagoans drink and how it's different from other parts of the country, what advice do you have for somebody visiting Chicago? Oh, um, <laughs> that is uh, a fantastic question. Um, you know, I suppose having been someone who visited and stayed is just to, you know, be brave. It's not that you kind of you, you need to, but if you go sit in, in any bar in, in Chicago, um, you will find a fr- friendly Midwesterner who, A, will probably get you a shot at Jepson's Malort. Um, which is a fantastic way. If if you don't want to spend any money one night, just put on an accent and be like, "Oh, hey, I've heard of this uh, Chicago oh, thing. Yeah. They call it Malote, Malote." Yeah. And then straight away, people it's like, pop up like, like oh, it's- Chicago handshake. I'll have I'll have a, sh- a hot dog with ketchup, please. And and yeah. like, oh, whoa, whoa! Exactly. Hey, buddy, come over here. <laughs> over here, buddy. Um, my buddy came over by. You're gonna take you over here to uh, get you a drink. Uh, now, but- my the Jules Oscars. <laughs> Um, but definitely, you know, it's, yeah, there, there's there's so many fantastic local products um, that Chicagoans are very rightfully proud of. And that's something I think that, you know, it doesn't matter where you you visit, you should always be interested in in trying something local. Um, it, speaking for Malort, try it once, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, try it once. But, um, <laughs> try it once and do, and do a podcast about it. E- yeah. Exactly. Um, but no, overall, I, I'd... I'd I'd say come and have have a, a whiskey. Um, sit, find somewhere nice by the lake that has a glass barrier so you don't get windswept and mm-hmm. and just sit back and, and get the feel of the city. See, I also think it depends on your level of comfort with people who don't look like you, right? Because I think certain people, I'd be like, hey, you want an tr- authentic Chicago experience? You go over on State Street, there's a bar called Rossi's Liquors. Go into Rossi's. Doesn't matter what time you go, they're open all day. Go in, have a seat, hang out for 15 minutes. That's Chicago. Mm. Interesting. I'm th- I'm, it's the greatest cross. Because to me, a bar is like... Where they, on State Street is this? It's like State right by... South the, of Roosevelt? It, no, it's like, it this is like... It's like right off of... Right before you go across the lake. I'm um, the river. Right across the... So, Rossi's. Yeah, Rossi's like... Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, the other thing is just like... I'm always very interested to see like where people come from and how they they have a perception of chicago going in because you can definitely tell like somebody whose interaction has only ever been with a news situation they'll be like sweating on the train like really hard (laughs) and so for me it's always like for the bar experience for it to be an authentic one you need to be around all different kinds of chicagoans because then you truly get a sense of a city i mean you can go and recreate wherever you came from very easily. There are bars where, you know, you can go be in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you can go be in Minnesota, you can go be in Cleveland. And I don't think that's being in Chicago. It's like, go be in Chicago, be around Chicago ends. You might feel a little uncomfortable, but you're probably going to learn something. Well, and, you know, Chicagoans are, like you said, I mean, the, 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 one of the big differences uh, in Chicago, in the people you'll meet in Chicago versus uh, an uh, somebody from an urban city on the east or, uh, coast or maybe on the west coast is what I find and uh, is that a lot of the people who come to Chicago come to Chicago from small towns in the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. So they are the, like the people that you talk to tend to be very neighborly, right? There is a, a sense of neighborliness and this obviously doesn't go for anywhere. There, there are people who to whom this applies more than others but like i find it's very easy to strike up a conversation people don't treat you like uh you know a question is a personal assault like they do in some that's places. how i know people but, aren't from chicago yeah right. <laughs> I'm, I'm so serious yeah. because the like, chicagoans per like by and large yes there are always outliers but i'm talking doesn't matter race 
any of that stuff. You have a conversation. Like I say, like you can talk, you know, you're a Chicago and you can talk about the weather three different ways. And like having that, Hey, and like the conversation could stop and usually does stop there with the good morning or the, Hey, or the, how are you? Chicago, they take that extra sentence. Weather's crazy, huh? <laughs> and that's the difference. And to me, that's why I love Chicago. So if I don't, if I don't get that little next little sentence, I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. so it, it was something I was very suspicious of when I first moved here, um, coming from kind of a British background where, you know, we just, in, in public spaces, we just contemplate our fury in silence. Um, having, <laughs> having someone... You know, as I'm strolling through a supermarket, come and ask me about random things and then segue into like, huh, crazy weather, huh? Was was something I, I, I was so suspicious of. But then now it's just something I'm, I'm I'm so used to that I'm just kind of, you know, finger guns back and be like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a season. That's it. In, uh, yeah. The best one is always, you know, at least it is a winner. <laughs> And yeah. it, and See, you just did it. You went right into it and didn't even oh think about it. You were like, yeah. poof. That thousand the, the yards The weather is a very you. real conversation. My father used to always say. This is say, why the, our, our, our patron saint is Tom Skilling. Uh, yeah, uh, and also one of the greatest human beings ever. Um, my dad used to always say, Chicago is the only city where you have to earn your summer. Yeah, because you got to put in that work. What did we do this year? Just, what happened? And it's funny, you, you mentioned kind of like people will only know Chicago from the news. And that's definitely been a big thing in my family because they are like <laughs> you're moving where yeah do you know how many di- look know? they can't talk i seen top boy i know what's going on over there exactly and i'll get a quick plan and so i'm like you know i i live a very sheltered life compared to the one you see on, on the news <laughs> but that's also something that we had during the winter um when chicago was colder than the north pole for one day or something yeah you know, everyone being like, we just seen it on the news. Not only are people getting shot, but now they're freezing too. And I'm I, like, ugh, you know, I got the day um, off work. You yeah, know, I'm sitting you're outside. Like, you're like, I'm day this drinking is, right yeah. now. <laughs> Guys, this is our, the barrier to entry in Chicago is a benefit, right? The people who want to be superstars on Broadway or get discovered can go somewhere else, right? Like I, I I've never do, heard it framed as like that way do before. Do we want, do we, right? Yeah. Like definitely come to Chicago if you I think that's right? the There's challenge. A, this, the reason a, we don't a have filter. a good rep, the reason we don't have a good <laughs> reputation other than the crime and the corruption, um, we're a challenging city. Like, you know how many people just say, oh, "I'd love Chicago, just never." I can, oh, I couldn't do it. Good. It's like, all right, well, sucks to be you, huh? but it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. But in all fairness, it's got some of the cheapest uh, alcohol prices in the in the country. Compared, well, not in the really? country. Compared to other major it's, cities, it's because sorry. of, because where, of vo- yeah. volume so, discounts. Yeah, <laughs> really. So wait, it's cheaper. Booze is cheaper here than like um, on average. Um, so if you really want to have a night out, you should go and bust to Boston, mm. where uh, where most of um, most of the spirits on average are uh, are on the cheaper side. However, if yeah, you, but you got to fight your way out of the bar. What are you talking about? That is that is true. But you know, if if you want to come to Chicago and have some rum, you know, on average, it's going to cost you five dollars and seventy one cents. That's right. If you want to have a real night, have some schnapps, four dollars and eighty. Oh or, yeah, or free, or, or free, or, or free. Honestly, if yeah. You, if you can, if, if you, you hang can. out long enough, you can get some schnapps for free for sure. <laughs> Um, don't come to Chicago if you like tequila and ajo, because that's going to cost you uh, on average about twelve and twelve dollars and five cents. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Is nineteen forty two anejo? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's why yeah, they're yeah. taxing on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for tequila, cheapest if on average, go to LA. Again, kind of makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But um, nobody really drinks like that in LA. Like I, I think I, I shouldn't say nobody drinks like that because people obviously do. But I mean, with the volume that I see in a New York or a, a Chicago, I never really see in Los Angeles. People have like a drink and go home. Hmm. Well, because they have to drive. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Also, I think just people, it's like health conscious to the extreme because it's like I can't drink because I have 4% body fat. What's with all the in and out (laughs) burgers out there? Who's eating that? The people who don't care. Uh, There's always people who don't care. You know what? That's a great segue. We're going to wrap it right there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Max, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, Where can people find you? Um, So I am uh, the Wine and Spirits uh, Client Manager at Nielsen CGA. And uh, you can find us on on your local Google. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to get his Instagram for the ladies after this. Um, my name is Ernest Wilkins. And I'm Alex Menokel. And we will see you next time. Hey.
Office Hours with Ernest Wilkins was recorded live at Mass in the greatest city in the world, Chicago, USA.